Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. There's a new app that's making its way around called Wordle. You may be familiar with it. Sends you the word of the day, and you got to take the time to work out whatever that word is. If there were a Wordle for this series we've been looking at this month, about the voice of God, the wordle would be validation. Because at every turn where God speaks, something happens either in nature, as we've seen in the Old Testament, uh, of natural consequences or storms or those kind of things. Something happens to validate that it, it is indeed the voice of God speaking. We saw in week one where the voice of God comes to remind us, as he did Adam and Eve, here's what I told you, here's what you did. Be reminded of what I, of my commands to you. We looked in week two how the voice of God compelled, compels us as he did Abram to get up and cart all of his family, all of his possessions, all of who he was to a place that God was going to show him. Week three, we looked at how the voice of God draws us as he did Moses into the burning bush, how God used an angel in the flame to draw him over to the bush to have something to say of significance to Moses. Then last week we looked at how God speaks through the noise around us as he did to Elijah uh, through a storm and an earthquake and a fire. And God always validates his voice. Now, what about in the New Testament? We're going to look at today, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 3, we'll be in Matthew and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where the voice of God spoke at Jesus' baptism, and we're going to hear uh, in just a few minutes about how he's going to come again to speak to us. But let's look at this first text. In, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 4, no, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all the righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Two things today I want us to see in this text of where God spoke. The voice of God spoke, first of all, after visual validation. It spoke after being visually validated. Look at verse 16 again with me. He says, As soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water. At that moment, the heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. The heaven was opened, and the Spirit descends. Remember, we saw that uh, God validated himself to Moses to, with fire in the bush, to Elijah with nature, with wind, with an earthquake. And just like those Old Testament examples, here is God validating his son Jesus as his, his deity. That's uh, what he's doing. This visual validation was Jesus' baptism. Now, understand, there's no canonized copies of the Scripture yet, just the Torah in itself. There's no indwelling Holy Spirit yet. Pentecost hasn't occurred. So there is no spirit and word to, com to, to combine together to validate the voice of God as, we, as you and I have today. There was just the, the, the physical voice of God. So he spoke there at Jesus' baptism to validate the fact that he was deity, he was God. And 
Put yourself in that situation. What an incredible validation it must have been. The heavens opened up. I don't know if there were clouds in the sky that day, but if so, they parted. And my guess is probably even the atmosphere parted where you could see into space and beyond space into heaven. And here is what I see to be, I think to be, light. Many, several other times in Scripture, as the Scripture refers to the Holy Spirit, they're synonymous with, with his being a source of light. In fact, John's gospel speaks more about light than any other book in the Bible. And I see the light of the Holy Spirit from the heavens as the heavens were parted. And, and in, in the middle of the day, a light brighter probably than, than folks were used to seeing and used to looking at. So here is this supernatural uh, situation taking place. And then descending out of heaven, this light in, in the form of the Spirit comes to rest on Jesus. Then the voice of God speaks to these onlookers about his son, validating, as I said, Jesus' deity, his godness to them. Notice also that all three persons of the Trinity are in place here. Jesus himself is being baptized. The Spirit is coming down from heaven to descend on him in the form of a dove. And the voice of God the Father speaks. That's not, if you were in that scene today, that day, and that wasn't enough for you to take away to say, man, this, there's something supernatural about this guy. Nothing's going to do that for you because God the Spirit, God the Father, and God the Son were all involved. And there was this visual validation here again. The fact that Jesus was God, not only God's son, but was God himself. The second thing I want us to see from this text is not only did the voice of God speak after visual validation, but the voice of God spoke to validate his own. Look at verse 17. And the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. My son whom I love, and him I'm well pleased. We see by John's reaction when Jesus walks up to him, that he was surprised. He didn't expect Jesus to be walking down into the Jordan to be baptized. And that, was, that kind of took John aback. He, Jesus, what Jesus says convinces him to go ahead and, and baptize him. But John wasn't, wasn't ready for that situation yet. Then notice this voice that was from heaven. Uh, the heavens open, the spirit descends from heaven. The voice comes from heaven. All three of these encounters coming from the same place, uh, from the same location. Why does he do that? So, so there's absolutely no doubt about the fact that this isn't some trick, but it, it is, in fact, God speaking, a, a divine encounter that God wanted to have, not only with his son, but with those around to validate his, his as I said, his godness, his deity. Why does he do that? So there's no doubt about it. It, 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 is, it is God speaking. This is God in the water and God coming down from, from the heavens as well. And notice also that God doesn't give some long theological speech here. He doesn't go in, into the depths of Jesus' ministry of, of the plan of God to send his son from heaven to, to save us from our sins. He didn't go, go into any of that. He said, this is my son uh, whom I love and I'm well pleased with him. Here, here in that, these three things. That he is from God. This is my son. He's from heaven. Come down from heaven. The second thing is that he is loved. Consequently, he, he is not only loved, but he has come to love. The third thing is that he, he, in his 30 or so years of ministry, what he had done up to this point was pleasing to his heavenly father. So he begins his public ministry here. He's, as I say, approximately 30 years old. And those three things, his, his sonship, the fact that he is, is loved and is to, be, is to show love to others, and the fact that he has pleased his heavenly father is the message, I think, that he wants those around uh, that situation to see. What about us today who know him, who walk with him? Well, I think what he wants us to see is that 
You're, if, if you're his own, if you're a born-again believer who's trusted him as your Savior, what he wants you to see, first of all, is you belong. You belong, regardless. You say, Tim, you don't know my past. You don't know my sin. You don't know my disobedience. You don't know, you don't know my failures. It doesn't matter. If you're his, you belong. That's the first thing I want you to say. You're his, you're his son. You're his daughter, just as Jesus was. Second thing this tells us is that you are loved. I'm unworthy of his love. You are too. But he says here, you are loved. You belong. You are loved. And the third thing is, you bring him joy. Say, you don't know my past. You don't know my, you don't know my life. No, I don't. But I do know this. You bring him joy. You don't have to conjure up a parent's love, a parent's appreciation, and, and the joy that their kids bring them. In fact, they don't have to do anything for that to, that to happen. You love them. They're yours. They belong to you. They are, God has entrusted them to you. And they bring you joy just by, being, just by being there. They don't have to do anything or accomplish anything. Same situation here that God is telling us about his son and telling us to us, you belong, you're loved, and you bring me joy. That ought to be God's message that resonates in your heart today of how the voice of God not only spoke to, to Jesus in that situation, but speaks to us today. Turn, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And here's where the voice of God is going to speak. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15 to 18 says this. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left to the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the, voice of, uh, uh, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Here is this voice that we're looking for, that we're longing to speak. First thing I want us to see from this text today, in 1 Thessalonians 4, is the voice of God will speak to the rapture of the church. It'll speak to the rapture of the church. According to the Lord's word, we tell you we who are still alive will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now, the term or the word rapture doesn't appear, probably depending on your translation, will not appear in the scripture, but it is a term that refers to this separating, this division, this calling out, this graduation, this, this uh, sense of accomplishment, more or less, in the scripture, where, where the church is called out, it's dismissed, it's, it's, it's adjourned, more or less, uh, is the term is what rapture is it's talking about and that term if you've heard that in the church over the years it's what it means is to, to, be, to be called up and called out to graduate to adjourn and so it's in referring to, to to churches plural but to the church singular meaning those who belong to the body of christ the, the bride that he refers to in revelation chapter 19. now some believe that this event is going to occur after the seven years of tribulation that the scripture speaks about in revelation some believe it's going to occur before that period of time uh, that the scripture refers to in, in Revelation 17.4, or uh, 4, 7, 7.14, rather. Some believe that it's going to occur before, but, but uh, it, that it, in fact, will launch the tribulation period. That's what, uh, what I believe, but you're welcome. It doesn't matter when you believe it's going to occur. It's going to occur. It's coming. And so what he says here is that scripture teaches that the Antichrist will come onto the scene onto this global scene after a period of great chaos. And nothing will be more globally chaotic than this, this, the rapture occurring, the church being called out and separated from the world. Regardless of its chronological order, 
It's going to occur, and it's going to be the most cataclysmic event ever in human history. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be a part of it. If not, you're going to be left behind. The rapture of the church is real. It is, has been prophesied about in the Old Testament. According to 1 Thessalonians 4 and Matthew 24, it's coming. I, I, I hope it's coming soon, in fact, but it is coming, and, and it, is, it is a real event in the life of the church. And if you know him, you're going to be caught up uh, to meet him. If you don't, you'll not, but more on that in just a second. The voice of God will speak to the rapture of the church. Second thing that the voice of God is going to speak to is the voice of God will speak to, to begin the end. To begin the end. Look at verses 16 and 17, what it says there. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, watch this. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. Now, no one knows what this loud command is going to be. We don't know whether it's going to be in English, whether it's going to be in Hebrew. We don't know whether it's going to be in, in some universal language that all, everybody understands and knows. Um, my, my mind's eye or my mind's ear is hearing something like, and I could be totally wrong about this. This is totally a guess on my part. But it's hearing something like, church, let's go. I hope that sounds like James Earl Jones saying, church, <laughs> let's go. But regardless, we're all, that's going to be heard globally and simultaneously, that voice is. What's said, though, is not as important as who is saying it. And it's the Son, the Lord Jesus, who's coming, and the Father, the power of the Father speaking it. So before we've seen this, this validation, he speaks uh, and, as a setup to the validation. And the validation occurs here through the archangel Michael. Uh, who, who, who uh, hear, we hear his voice. We don't know what Michael's going to say either. We know the archangel Michael is going to speak after, after this loud command. And then following Michael is the sound of the, tr the, the trumpets. So we don't know whether that's two trumpets, two million trumpets, but there'll be some trumpet sounds that, again, will be heard globally, simultaneously, at the, at, all at the same time. And then, the, then, the, then the, uh, those who are dead in Christ rise first. Now, picture... Cemeteries all over the world with, with the ground start to open up and glorified bodies coming out of the cemeteries that, that you and I have been around uh, for graveside services over the years. They're going to open up. Glorified bodies will come out. The oceans will give up the dead that have been dropped into the ocean. The people who have had ashes scattered, those ashes will gather back together into the form of glorified bodies. The, uh, those believers that are raised, living, living believers will instantly, instantly be caught up in, and, and drawn upward to meet the Lord in the air, he says. Now, after the dead in Christ rise, the living believers follow. Can you imagine this, how chaotic this scene is before the Antichrist steps into place? Because in the calling out of the church, <clears throat> if you're sitting in the line at McDonald's in the drive-thru with your foot on the brake so you don't hit the person next to you and the rapture occurs, <laughs> We're heading down Broadway toward a changing yellow light, and the rapture occurs. It's going to be like Barney in the, in, in, when, when Goober was sworn in to be a deputy, and there's a traffic jam out, uh, horns flashing, crashes all over the place, metal, metal flying everywhere. Imagine yourself in 
in the line at Food City and the person behind you, you, you got a buggy waiting to check out the person behind you and you're gone. It's, who's, whose food is this anymore? Or uh, th this, this idea of, of our being called out, um, I imagine restaurant after restaurant, imagine yourself in Louis and the rapture occurs while you're sitting in Louis and everybody around you. I'm not getting the bill. They expected me to get the bill. Uh, where'd, where'd they go? But anyway, this, this, it's the first piece, the rapture is, in a series of end-time events that is set up by the voice of God and announced by the voice of God. It's the first piece that sets into motion the tribulation. Then after the tribulation, the second coming. Then after the second coming, the thousand-year reign of God. Then after the thousand-year reign, the great white throne judgment. After the great white throne judgment, the release of Satan and his demons. After the release of Satan and his demons, the battle of Armageddon. After the battle of Armageddon, those Satan and his demons who were defeated in the battle cast into the lake of fire. After the lake of fire comes a new heaven and the new earth for eternity. And what an epic story. That the voice of God sets in place to say, let's go. Let's go. I hope that's today. In fact, uh, it would tickle me if we didn't have to leave here today to hear his voice. But it's going to be announced by the voice of God and validated with these things that come along, the archangel, the trumpet, and all this global action of those rising dead, first and living last, to meet the Lord in the air. I believe that will set up the, the reign of the Antichrist on the earth, but what an epic story, and you and I are grafted into that story if you know him as your Savior. If you don't, it doesn't apply to you, and you're going to be left behind. So don't leave today without him. My question to you is, do you know him? I don't know. I'm not talking about do you know about him. Have you heard some stories? Have you been to church? Do you know some verses? But do you know him? Do you know that you know, that you know him personally? As we wrap, consider this. If God has spoken before, He's going to speak again. And story after story that we've looked at these last several weeks is God has spoken. And he's got something to say. And he's going to speak again. And he has done that and he will do that. It's coming. Do, are, you, are you ready for him? Are you anticipating his voice speaking? Second thing is this, to close, is am I listening to his voice? We talked last week about what a huge difference there is between hearing and listening. Am I listening for his voice? He came to, to uh, Elijah in a, in a huge, huge windstorm that threw mountains and rocks apart and threw an earthquake and threw a fire. But Scripture said, but the Lord was not in the wind and the Lord was not in an earthquake and the Lord was not in the fire. The Lord was in a gentle whisper. He whispered to Elijah. And Elijah was listening for his whisper and caught it and responded to it. Are you listening for his voice? If you know him, you are. You're anticipating that. If you don't, please don't leave today without him. We're gonna, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And uh, after that, Leanne's going to come play. And I invite you to come and, and meet him personally if you never have before. We don't do this often to, to have a, a time of, of a formal altar call or anything. But uh, if today this the story of his coming again has, has caused you to realize, I don't know if I'm going to be a part of that or not. But I want to know. If that's, if that's your realization today and that's your reality, don't leave this place without him. I urge you today not to do that. Let's pray.
Father, you've spoken all throughout Scripture, and you continue to speak to us day after day after day. We have the benefit of your Holy Spirit residing in our hearts, and we have the benefit of a canonized Scripture in front of us in our hands to validate what you've said to us, what we sense your urgency speaking to us about. What a privilege those things are that we, that we who are alive in the, in the age of the church have in front of us and, and in us. But if you've spoken to us today about our heart being convicted of sin in the fact that because of the fact that we don't know you as our Savior, would we respond to you today in truth to say, I want to know before I leave this place that I'm a child of God. I want to know that I'm his. I want to know that I belong. I want to know that I'm loved. I want to know that I, he is well pleased with me, that, that, he, that I bring him joy. Speak to our hearts today about our need for you, Lord, and then help us to be listeners to listen to Mark for how your voice speaks. It may be in a, in a general whisper. It may be, in some other, maybe through someone else. It may be through your word or through a song. But you have something to say to us day by day by day if we'll learn to listen for your voice. And when that starts to become a habit, when that starts to become the norm, when it starts to become natural to us, we'll, we'll start to live with a greater sense of confidence and assurance that we are divinely centered in the will of God. Why? Because we hear and know and understand and respond to his voice. Instead of wondering, was that God? Was this God? Keep, teach us to listen today for your voice. To anticipate it speaking. And to anticipate your coming again. To receive us unto yourself. What a day. What a day. Have us to long for that day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.